podcast lovers rejoice. Meet Pocket Cast, your new favorite podcast app for listening, search, and discovery. Our beautifully designed app gives you more control, makes it easier to find and organize podcasts, and offers powerful tools to customize listening. To hear all your favorite shows, download our free app at pocketcast.com or find us in the Apple app or Google Play stores. Hello and welcome to a new show with Andrew Flintoff, Robbie Savage and me, Matthew Side, who they call, slightly unfairly, the Ping Pong Guy. <laughs> this is Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy. He was asking if you got any stories about Valentine's there and Robbie was saying, I got one, I got one. That's Robbie's voice. He said, I got one. I phoned the missus to verify it. So she's on the loudspeaker on the table in BBC. So Robbie goes... Hey, sir, tell us, tell us what, what, what I bought you before I was going to go to Sweden. He said, a PVC suit? <laughs> no, no, sir, we're not the PVC. What else did he buy you? But then I, I text her. I text her after. They said, a PVC question mark, question mark. And then she sent a reply. I'll show you, Robbie. She said, she tore it, putting it on. <laughs> she did. I don't want to know where, Sarah. I don't want to know where it is at her. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, okay, Robbie. What were you hoping she was going to say when you uh, said that? Uh, so basically, when I was at Crew, I met my wife 20 years ago, 21 years ago. I was at Crew, and I was coming to the end of my contract at Crew. Was, um, I started going out with my wife in the November. My contract was up in the June. I was on £200 a bit of Crew. I had no money, and I seen this beautiful girl who I knew was the one for me. Yeah, I was out in Chester with, with Danny Murphy, believe it or not, and he introduced me to my wife. Um, so I chased her and chased her. Anyway, I got to go out with her in the, in the, in the January, so in the February, my first Valentine's Day, my wife, and there was an opportunity for me. I was either going to go um, Leicester, um, um, Crystal Palace, Malmo in Sweden. So I thought, right, I've got to try and, you know, make sure, cement the relationship, yeah, because it was like, I was starting to go out with her, but not 100%. So I thought, right, I've got to do something to make her think of me, you know, if I went to Sweden. So I, right, I thought, what can I do? So I wrapped my brains. And I thought, oh, she even brings it up now. It's the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. Yeah, sure. I had no money, so I thought, wow. what? what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a high bar, wow. right? <laughs> so I thought, what Brace can yourself, I do? <laughs> what can I do so she'll never forget me if, we, if it doesn't work out and I want to you know, marry this woman? So um, I went to um, um, a, a jeweler's and I bought a locket. It was like a locket. That's not that embarrassing, no, a locket. locket. No, it was a locket, like a nice one. It was, I think it was gold or, or gold plate or whatever it was. And, and you know, So I bought it and I thought, right, so I said, listen, I've bought you this gold locket. You know, I might be going to Sweden, but I want you to remember me by this gold locket. And she went, oh, oh. So, so that's nice. Anyway, so when she opened it up, what I'd done, because, you know, obviously my hair was so, you know, extraordinary and wonderful and no. beautiful. I cut a piece of my hair. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I put it in the locket. Yeah, I did, Fred. I could have been it. I could have been it. I could have been You gave your girlfriend a lock of my hair. A clip of your men. Yeah, I did. And she still got it. And guess what? 
We got married and two beautiful kids. So the hair. It worked. It worked. I, I, got, got, I, got, I, got, I got a minute, mate. So it's your first Valentine's Day. going through your head. You bought your missus a locket. You sni- Where did you snip the bit off? The front of the no, back? No, it was, it was a highlighted bit. So it was oh, the bottom bit. bit. <laughs> you put it in a locket. In a locket. And it's quite ironic now that your missus whinges at you for going to the hairdressers three times a week for a blow dry. <laughs> That's true. Freddie. You're next. I'm chairing this. Right, you, you, you've got to you've got to understand, right? <laughs> I'm not particularly romantic, right? I, I, I try and things backfire. I'm not good at it. And also, you've got to remember, you know, as a kid growing up, I was a cricketer. You know, you try and woo a girl by telling him you play cricket. They don't have it. <laughs> you know, that film, Billy Elliot, he's never had it easy. You try being a cricketer, not a ballet dancer. I met the missus, right? I was playing on a Saturday at Edge Blaston. She had her own company, one of the sponsors. She was looking after them. And I saw her in the exec box afterwards. I thought, she's nice, sir. I'd love to talk to her. I couldn't do it. <laughs> so I got a number off someone. I texted her asking her for a drink. I signed off Fred. She thought, who's Fred? So I explained. I'm like the chubby cricketer with a skinhead. <laughs> so we, I met her in the bar at the hotel for a drink afterwards. And it went well. I said, I'll take you out tomorrow night. Let's go to the living room. I've got a 30% off card in Birmingham. <laughs> so it's all good. It's a done deal. We're going to finish. We're going to beat Schlenker on the Sunday. I'm going to take her out for dinner. I get up Sunday morning. I go in the dressing room. All the lads are sat there. News of the world newspapers laughing. My ex-girlfriend had sold a story on me. <laughs> right? The headline read, Flintoff's lovemaking like he's bowling. Hard, fast and short of life. <laughs> right? And this is, this is on the first date. I'm sat there over me nachos saying, did you see any press today? <laughs> she, she, said, she said, there's a lovely piece about you in the Times. Oh, that'll do for me, kid. And then we had a few drinks. And after dinner, she said, oh, I saw the news of the world as well. Oh, we laughed, we laughed. It turned out all right. And end. you married her, you got three great kids. I did, thanks to Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> the only, I've only ever had one Valentine's card in my life, and it came when I was about 14. And my mum, she couldn't believe it when it came through the did door. Did she send it? I had love did she send it? It was from, it was, so I opened it thinking, oh my goodness, somebody fancies me out there. Skeletal. <laughs> it's amazing. And I opened it. And it was for, it was from the only female table tennis umpire in umpire. Britain. She was about sixty. <laughs> really? Not good. Not good. Just on the radio, yeah. did you have to have a lot of training in order to figure out how much you should say and when you should say it? Yeah, because I'm not um, grammatically... <laughs> That's a serious question. My grammar is not the best, as I think we found out, and... I do speak a bit quick sometimes. I've got a nasal problem, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have. I get hammered, don't I? Let's be fair. I do get hammered. You've got a nasal problem. You can see what I... Can I ask you um, a question? Yeah. Do you think you're in the right profession? <laughs> I've, often, I've often asked myself that. You know? so, some of the things you've said. My favourite is when you said, Mark Hughes has crossed every I and dotted every T. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it in a Welsh accent rather than a Jamaican. Yeah, I do, I do say a bit, a few what things. About this? What about this what? one? You've said, what about this one? There are kids out there that would chop their legs off to play football for Brighton. <laughs> 
chopped yeah, the legs yeah, off. Yeah, but you're hurting his arm. Their arm. Uh, anyway, well, they uh, still struggle with no yeah. arms. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, that's all right then. They chopped their arms off. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? There's a saying. What's the saying? What's that saying? You give his right arm. Whatever that saying is, it's not that. You know what I mean? Chopped the legs off. He didn't say. Yeah, did you sure? Look, I've got it here. Let's play a little game. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quote from a famous football pundit and you've got to tell me who it is. The accent, I'm going to do the accent, okay. so it might be a little bit of a giveaway. All right, we're ready. The first one, when they don't score, they hardly ever win. That's I knew that Michael, Owen. Michael Owen. It's a good run, but it's a poor run, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, Michael. I've got no idea. Is it a good one? Is it a bad one? Tell me. Another one here from Michael. It's hit the facial part of his head. <laughs> That's his face, Michael. That's his face. You don't have to say the face. I'm going to stick up. I'm going to stick over Michael. I think in front of the camera, he's brilliant. Footballers these days have to use the feet. <laughs> Who's that me? Oh, Who's that? You don't even that know that was again? Michael again. Next topic: the value of money. How did you guys handle it when you started earning big cash from cricket and football? What were your best? and worse <laughs> purchases. Did you get any help in trying to uh, shepherd your money and to invest for the future? What was it like? Robbie, this is your well, topic. I'm, I'm just, I, like you pointed out, I am tired. I'm just going to nod off for 10 minutes here because <laughs> Robbie's going to fill this segment. <laughs> hey, well, out, Robbie. So basically, hey. Matthew, you know, it's, I was on £150 a week of crew. Um, used to borrow money off my mum to take my girlfriend, who is now my wife, out. You know, borrowed X amount of pounds of it. When I signed for Leicester City, I think I owed her about nine or ten grand in the money I borrowed because she bought me a little car, borrowed me money to take my wife out. And so when I actually joined Leicester, I had nothing. I had to give her the nine or ten grand back. So when I went from 150 quid a week to three and a half grand a week, the first thing I did was what? Oh, hang on a minute. Hang yeah. on a minute. How old were you then? I was um, 21, 22. 21, 22? Yeah. I was 150 quid a week, a crew, and then went to Leicester on. Three and a half grand a week and a fifty grand a year sign-on fee, so four grand a week. Wow! When I was four, and it's like Fred, it was like it, I can't explain it. It was it was bizarre. Like you borrowing money off your mum one minute, like to get some jeans or on a new shirt, and then you're on four thousand pound a week. And mm-hmm. I, I remember my I had a little Fiesta, and I was I crashed it, and I, I thought, what can I buy? So I bought a pink Porsche. Whoa, 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 <laughs> you did that on. You crashed it. What pink Porsche? My mum tells a story. You went from a Fiesta to a pink yeah. Porsche. So when I signed for Leicester, so I remember I signed for Leicester and I went there with my age at my dad. Anyway, on the way home, I went past this garage. And, and you was, saw a pink yeah. Porsche? So my mum tells a story. She said, this lad... is not they met him. Yeah, this lad drives me mad. He said, he left our little house in Wrexham in a white Fiesta, he turned up in a bloody pink Porsche. <laughs> why, why Four did, hours later. Why did you get a pink one? No idea. It was there. It was bright pink. It was like purpley pink, like right. a big purple. Uh, pink how much pink. Did right it off cost? price? <laughs> no, it was about. Um, it was a second-hand one. Mm-hmm. It was about sixty grand. Oh whoa! Wow. Yeah. yeah, and it, well, the thing is, it I blew... can imagine him in shop. Here he comes, lads. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Here yeah. he comes. It was... Hey, we'll get rid of this. To this, he's <laughs> coming in now. That's savage. He'll buy this. He'll buy this. Money is just, it's just a different world. And so the first big it. paycheck, yeah. you went out and bought a pink, pink Porsche. Porsche yeah. As your salary say? went... What did, you say? what did the lad say when you rock oh, up with a pink what do you, Porsche? What do you think? Who is this clown here? Who is this fool? No, before the Porsche. <laughs>
<laughs> but it blew up the same night. I bought it. What the port? Yeah. Oh, that was a bonus. Yeah, wasn't it? It, 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 it blew up. The engine went in the oh. first night. Had it. Incredible. One point where I bought a bus. <laughs> boat. But, a oh, rowing boat. No, a rowing boat. Like a big one. One big boat. Like a yacht kind of thing. So you had a yacht. So let me tell the story. Where did you keep it? Exactly. It's, you want to remember? on path. Well, listen, it was in water. Can I just say that I was very, very fortunate. Very fortunate. But it's when you go from having nothing to having money, which you can only dream of, in a, a level, you're thinking, wow, I can have anything. So remember, we used to go to Abbasock. I had a little um, little 19-footer, you know, um, so I could go there the weekends, mm -hmm. get the dinghy on the back and the rubber ring and tow my mates and try and get them off. Then I went to like a 25-footer. Seriously, it was bizarre. It's a bizarre story, isn't it? Then I went to a 35-footer and the money kept going up. And I said, with boats, you can't stop. 35 boats? You can't you can stop. stop. You, get... you can't. What do you mean you, you can? You, you can. You, you get addicted yes. to start. You can't. can't. Are you one of them looking at everyone's boats in yeah. Marina thinking, I want a bigger yeah, one? Yeah, you do. You feel, you feel... I want a bigger one than Bob next to me. You he do. sells carpet. You park it, you park it, and there's like... You're looking at the next year, and I was always the smallest boat in between two masses. Oh, that'd have killed you. That, yeah. that would have killed you. I can imagine you sat on the back of your little boat having yeah. a brew in the morning, yeah. looking at the big boat next year. You know, so, Joe, you know, we're getting you know, a bigger boat. So we're going to get a bigger boat, sir. So, Joe, I done. I went on a course in Abbasock, and I done, got my license to drive or steer, whatever the word is, 70 foot boats. So, I bought a 60 footer. How much was that? Half a million. What? Half, half a million. What, yeah. How much were you earning at the time? <laughs> half uh, a million. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was probably earning about 35 grand a week. So, two million a but year. But it was on finance. It was yeah. paid like a mortgage. It was four grand a month. Mm -hmm. So when you're bringing home 80, if you're paying out four a month, what's he still left with 76, aren't you? So it's... Well, yeah, I mean, you are, Rob. Yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah, but so you don't really know your... It's there. Yeah. You're just thinking, I buy that boat on fire. Yeah. What, what did your wife say to that? Fred knows my wife. She was like, not having it at all. Uh -huh. Don't. What you're doing, you, you fool. Save for our future, blah, blah. I said, live for today. I was one of those when I paid for <laughs> live, for yeah. live for today. Yeah. Live, live for, for now. Today. I had the white fiesta. Live in the moment, yeah. sir. I, I need a boat. I had the white fiesta with white wheel trims, with cloth seats. Yeah. 900 quid's worth. 1.1. It would only go 60 mile an hour. And when you can have a half a million pound bought for it, I'm going for <laughs> This is Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy. What are our guilty pleasures? Oh. And this doesn't have to be sport, this can be anything. I, I, I've got quite a few, I, I must admit, I'm a fan of Little Mix. You know, I like Justin Bieber. Yep. Um, I've started to get into musical theatre, all these things, which I never do. But the, the one thing which is on a slight tangent, I remember a few a few years ago, I had to lose some weight quick. I had to lose because I, I put a bit on and I knew that Wayne Day for England was coming up. So <laughs> I, I researched it. So I thought, you know what I'll do? My mate had mentioned it. Galonic irrigation. Do you know irrigation? Yeah, irrigation. So there's a clinic in Ail where they do it. So I'm, I phoned my mate Paul. Oh. I said, Paul, where did you go? He said, I went to Ail. I said, right, get your peer to book me in. But don't <laughs> book me in under my own name, right? <laughs> book me up. He said, well, what name do you want? I says, well, Trevor Jesty. <laughs> right, Trevor Jesty. It was a batter and an yeah, umpire. So I, I booked in under Trevor Jesty, right? So I've, I've turned up, I've parked my car at Ail Barnes. I've gone in the precincts 
And I'm sat there. There's these women having their nails done and I'm sat in the waiting room. So I've sat there. And then the girl comes out and says, um, Mr. Jesty, are you, are you, are you Mr. Jesty, are you, are, you, are you ready for your treatment? I didn't move. I'm just, I'm just, look, just looking around like that. Some of these, some of these women are like looking at me. That's not Jesty. That, that, that's... So they're all looking at me. And then she said, Mr. Jesty, your irrigation. Oh, no, so that's me. So I'm dying. All these women are looking at me. So, right? so I've, got, I've, I've gone in the room, right? I got in the room and this girl, she was lovely. She says, right, what we're going to do, right? She said, what you need, you lie, lie on the bed and put your knees up. So I've, I've went on the bed and I've put my knees up. And then she got this pipe out and plugged it in, right? So she's like, oh, oh. Right? She, she said, how, how do you feel? I said, oh, it's lovely, that. Yeah, really nice. Okay, <laughs> yeah, can we get started? So she then, she then turns the tap on. She says, what will happen is you'll feel the water come in. And then tell me when you can't take any more, I'll turn it off, and then you'll start rejecting it. So I said, right, fine. So she starts turning this water on. Oh, my word, it was awful. It was awful. It's like pumping up. And I'm, sitting, I'm thinking, well, how much is acceptable? Should I be taking two litres? Should I be taking ten? What's the guidelines? So she's taking the tap on, and I'm taking and my eyes were, like, swimming. I'm taking, as, I'm taking as much as I can. So I said, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. So she turned it off. And then there was, she had this, this is, it was disgusting, right? She's got this mirror, like a mirror, one of them ones, like a shaving mirror. And she points it down onto the pipe. So the pipe's all frosted, apart from a little (laughs) bit of it, which is clear. So the water's gone up. She's saying, well, we can, you can watch what comes out. So then I've started rejecting and then she's rubbing me tummy to try and push it out more. And she's having a conversation with me as if this is the most normal thing in the world. Oh, oh it was it was the worst. And I, I, um, I, I ran I ran out of place, so embarrassed. Did you lose weight as a consequence of it? Well, Did it no, work? because what happened was, right, she said, right, now, you, now you've had all that, you've had this done, you can remove food, it might have been uh, five, six years or so. She said, but now you've got to get some bacteria in your body, so get them actimels. Uh-huh. So I went to the shop and I felt <laughs> dirty. So I, I got about 10 actimels and just necked them, got on the scales, nothing. When we moved to Manchester and where we're settled now, where we call home, mm-hmm. 12 years ago, I didn't have any friends. I've got no friends because people think, well... This is a completely new area. It's a new area, so I, I haven't got no friends. I had a friend who moved away, um, my, my, my pal called Terry, played tennis with him all the time and then he left. So I couldn't count my, my number of good friends on one hand. And I was just thinking recently, now, we've got the gym group and there's, there's six of us. Mm-hmm. And Fred, and listen, we've become very, very close friends. From Wrexham, I've got a friend called Jamie, who was my best pal, and he still is. We've got a guy called Nutty as well. Was he he's, doing Nutty? He, he's a taxi driver. Oh. Yeah. But these are my best friends from school, and I know if I broke down in the middle of nowhere, Jamie and Nutty would be the... Well, we'll pick he's a taxi driver. Yeah, yeah. Of course he would. What <laughs> 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 I mean, You'd be on the meter. <laughs> Are you sure this is a friend or just some, <laughs> is he just doing his job? I just realised that. Uh, <laughs> did you meet him on 118118? <laughs> I've just realised. Pick me up. Oh, I didn't realise. He's going yeah, so no, well. No. So well. So, uh, <laughs> if I'm oh. wrong, but listen. Have you got a friend who clean your windows at the dirty? <laughs> Pete the window cleaner. Listen, listen, let me carry on. So, Matthew, listen. So these, 
so these people are my real <laughs> friends, right? But listen, listen. He's a taxi driver. <laughs> what he does. Can we start again? Stop hammering me. Can we start again? Do team building trips actually work? What are our experiences? What have been the ups and the downs? Fred, what's your take on this? Pointless. <laughs> Absolutely pointless. You don't think that you get to know each other better, that you develop certain characteristics what, that can help? What, by being shoved under some water by an army man? Why, why do you? Have you, been on, an an have you been on any? Yeah, I've been on them. Complete waste of time. It's time I'll never get back. <laughs> right, these team building exercises, you're part of a team. You're playing sport. You're doing the one thing that you wanted to do. Yep. I went on one. First one I went on was to the Lake District. It was December. It was cold. <laughs> I um, I got pulled into the office early doors for not taking it seriously. I was watching people. Who, who was the coach? Um, the coach was Phil Neal, because mm-hmm. I was with the under-19s, who yep. then went through the England stuff with me. Yep. And I can't even remember who the coach was. That's how good it was. But you got dragged in. You weren't. Phil Neal pulled me in the office because I wasn't buying into it. Mm-hmm. We was pushing people through pieces of string between trees. <laughs> I, I can't I can't remember as a kid growing up watching the television thinking, you know what I'd want to do when I get older? I want to play cricket, but above all, I want to push people through pieces of string and trees. So wait, imagine you're a coach, Fred. You are mentoring your boys who are very, very good at cricket. If you were trying to create a sense of team cohesion, you're running the England team or you're running the Lancashire team, would it just be practice in the nets or would you do anything a bit out of the ordinary to get them to bond in a more successful way. I think it's a dangerous thing when you try and get people to bond because yeah. you're not all going to get on and, yep. you know, doing a covert mission with Kevin <laughs> Peterson, you know, what, what's that about? Yeah. Or Jonathan Trott on a walkie-talkie. <laughs> oh, I mean, heck. Do you know what I not do, Fred? What? I, I, curfews. Curfews, pointless. So why the, I've been on team bonding trips <laughs> where the, the manager will set a curfew. And curfews are there to be broken, yep. especially when drinks involve. Mm-hmm. I've seen people going through windows. No, I've, I've seen that, yeah. I've seen people, you know. Um, I got the wrong room at the hotel as well. <laughs> 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 I dive through an open window. And there's a fellow in bed. No, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Promise you. Not one of your teammates. I don't know. No, he's about seventy. <laughs> no, <laughs> I dived. It was in Taunton. No way. We we come in England under 19s. There was me, Alex Morris. Um, who else? Gareth Batty. Yeah, who's still playing? And Anthony McGrath, I don't know why he'd gone home early from the nightclub. So he said we got no keys, so I leave the window open. So what we did, <laughs> what we did was we went to hotel reception already in on the roundabout at Taunton, uh-huh. and all the managers are still in the bar; they're having mm-hmm. a drink. So we, mm-hmm. thought we can't go through bar. So we went to the petrol station down the road to mm-hmm. have a regroup, get a packet of watsits. So while we're thinking, <laughs> we think right, what do we do? And then we saw this window, which Mike said he'd keep open. So we thought we'll go through the window. But instead of like going through the window just <laughs> carefully, oh no, we ran at it. Alex Morris has dived through. I <laughs> dived through on the top of Alex Morris, and then bats is halfway through, and this fella, bless him, jumps out of bed, and he was like, oh, "That's what? not Mags, is it? You look like you." Yeah. So we, we jumped out, and then then we decided we're going to go up the fire exit. So we managed, we're banging on the windows to get the fire exit open. We're playing against South Africa. Mark Boucher, who yep. played for South Africa, he was under 19. He's let us in, gone to bed. As we're walking through, alarms have gone off, so security have now because come to get us. No so, way. so we got rumbled anyway. 
Fred, Freddie, did you ever have anyone come in and oh, speak to the England or Lancashire cricket team? Just tell us how you reacted to it. Don't get me on this, right? <laughs> no, let's let's. Right, we, we, World Cup, right? 2007. We're in the West Indies. It's not going particularly right on and off the field for the team. In particular, me, right? I've been done on a little peddler, a plastic boat, so I've been sacked from vice <laughs> captain, I've been banned for a game, I've been fined, I'm playing for free. So they, they think they need to bring someone in to motivate the team. So that we, we all get gathered in a meeting room and then this man walks in. Steve Redgrave walks in to give us a motivational speech. Now, you think about the irony of this, right? I have got in a small plastic boat... <laughs> I have got banned, I have got fined, I have got disgraced. In comes a man who does it for a living and gets knighted. <laughs> so he, he, he comes in and tells us some jolly tales about rowing and, oh, we worked hard and Matthew said one day, Pinson, oh, we've got to work a little bit harder and James said yes. So we carried on, we carried on going through this and then he told us what we should do when we win the toffs. He said, oh, you think you should have a bat first? <laughs> Nothing to do with you, stay in the water. <laughs> Nothing to do with you, dry land. So we sat there thinking, what is going on? Why are we listening to this? I once gave a motivational speech before the tour of 2006-07 to Australia. I knew the lads liked them, I didn't. So I scoured the internet to find a motivational passage. So when they walked into the meeting room, on the chairs were all these pieces of paper. It was from the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. I got a quote, I got a quote, a quote from Narnia. So I thought, I'm going to give it them, I'm going to read it to them. So I'm reading Narnia to a group of adults who were looking at me and they're thinking, this is good stuff, this is good stuff. Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy. Rashford nods it into his own path in the area, cuts back, shoots and scores! The Five Live Football Daily. This is just the beginning of something very special. Now you can argue with his stats, I just don't know. There's not one player has played better in their career. He's been the talk of world football all week. Subscribe to the Five Live Football Daily podcast to receive the latest news, views and analysis direct to your inbox. Shoot! Oh This is Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy. What is the definition of world class? What is world class? Is it performing at the highest level consistently? (laughs) Is it being the best in your position? What (laughs) entitles somebody to be world class? So I would define world class as somebody who realistically could be described as one of the best ten in the world in their sport. At any one time, yeah? So can you be world-class for a year? No, I think somebody becomes a legend. Somebody goes beyond world-class when they sustain their ability for a long period of time, so when they have longevity. But if somebody can say, realistically, at this point in time, I'm one of the best ten in the world, then I think that that constitutes a world-class What do you think, Fred? I disagree slightly. I reckon world-class is someone who performs on the world stage at the highest level for a period of time. Mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be the best or the top ten. When I look at world class, I think of a large group of people mm-hmm. who performed over a period of time. Yeah. So I will say for periods or for a game, I put in world class performances. You did. 
by by. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 it's Matthew. He's, he's being. Oh, a gee, what, you, what, you, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? You did. There was times in my career when I put in a world class performance. How many games did you play for Wales? Thirty nine. So you played thirty nine games yeah. on the world level. Yeah, yeah. How many of them games went well? No, why are you laughing, Matthew? I'm, this is, I'm going <laughs> somewhere with this. Why are you laughing? Sound like Jeremy Paxman. Well, right? how many, how I reckon I played probably, well, 20 times. So that, that's if you played 20 times the world stage, you're world class. Hang on. You're, th- now, you're now saying that Rob was yeah. world class. We played for Wales. I know it's, it's you know, it's, <laughs> it's Wales. Careful. But, but he played for Wales twice. Did you, did you win any of them games? <laughs> How many of them games did you win? A few. A few? Yeah. What? Well, you know, so I man-marked. Gianfranco Zola was world class. Yep. Right? World class. And I man-marked him when I played for Leicester against Chelsea. I was designated. You man-mark him. Don't worry about the ball. Just stay close to him. So I stayed close to was him. Was that the sense yeah. Don't worry about the ball. Yeah. Don't worry about the ball. Do what you're good at, son. If it comes near you, just run out of the way. Yeah. Seriously. If he's still Don't on the touch t- it, Rob. Don't touch it. We're Don't. trying to play football. Don't touch the ball, Rob. So if he's still on the touchline, I'd go and follow him. Didn't care. Savage, get off was. the ball. So I man marked him. He was world class. He got taken off after 60 minutes. We won the game 2 0. So on that day. How many times did you touch yeah, it? Not many. <laughs> But on that Is day... That your best game? <laughs> Seriously, I'm getting a bit embarrassed here. So for that game, I was world-class. You're world-class at running next to someone. <laughs> Can bust-ups sometimes be good for a team? Um, yes, um, they can. I've, I've had a couple of occasions when I've... Um, had a couple of fights, believe it or not. Yep. Fights? Yeah, but yeah. Proper fights? Well, not proper fights, just altercations. There was one with um, Nicol Vassen, who was a goalkeeper at Birmingham. You know, because of my banter and dressing room camaraderie, I look for every, any little fault yeah. in anybody. And I remember Nicol struggled to kick the ball, you know, over He's the a footballer. <laughs> yeah. He struggled to yeah, kick he, the ball. <laughs> yeah, but, he, you know, he was a good goalkeeper, Nicol. Nice fella as well. And this one occasion, I just kept on and on and on. And we were in the, in the, in the chain room. And I said something about he couldn't... Was it a gale force win today or something? <laughs> I kept going on. Anyway, he stood up and he came over to me. I'm sitting on the bench. And um, he's grabbed me by the throat. So I thought, oh, no, what do I do? He's six foot six. I was sitting down. Wow. So I've, as I've got up, I've put my head up to his chin and, you know, he cut his lip. And then he... A bit of an altercation. Did, did you headbutt him? Was it an headbutt? And it was, was like, it you know, when you're sitting down, he was towered over me. Yeah. As I've got up, I've like... Hit me head up and hit him on the chin. Did you quiff go up his nose? I did have a quiff as long as I never see, we had to see the manager and he, you know, it was Steve Bruce. And in a way, I knew because of my position at football club at the time that nothing would happen to me because I was player of the year, I was a favourite, fans' favourite, and I was in a strong position. And maybe I went a bit too far because I even go up the stairs to see the manager. I was winding him up saying, Well, me are you. Am I, I'm not going to play with you again. Still winding him <laughs> up, you know, and it all got sorted out. That was one occasion where banter went a bit too far from yeah. my point of view. Named Clinton Morrison. We had a fight over a mobile phone. What? Yeah, but... Did he have more data than you? Because <laughs> as a footballer, you know, you always wanted a new gadget. You always wanted the next yeah. best thing. So these phones come out, and I said to Clinton, I can get you one of those phones. So he said, oh, brilliant. Anyway, I got him the phone. It was a couple of hundred quid. And then a couple of weeks passed, and I said, just bring us that 200 quid in, with you, Clinton? And he went, all right, all right. And it didn't come, didn't come. So one morning we're having breakfast and I said, listen, bring me the money, bring me the money now. I'm getting a bit fed up. He went, no, what are you going to do about it? 
So I launched, yeah. So I launched him over the table, and the table <laughs> collapsed. <laughs> and the canteen, you know, and we had a little scuffle, and that. Yeah, but was, was there any punches thrown? Well, like a scuffle. Or is it just a bit of a wrestle? A bit of a wrestle. But Clinton's a great fella, get on, and that probably cleared the air between us. So sometimes you have a little scuffle, you know, they bring people together. In the cricket culture, there was never... I remember, like, seeing videos of football managers and they go around shouting and screaming, and that wasn't really cricket. You spend so much time with people. Mm. I once had a, a bit of a bust-up with Peter Moores, yep. who he took over as England coach after Duncan Fletcher. And I love Peter Moores, and I, I like working under him. And we was in India, and Sahara were the big sponsor, and they've got this, like, village, and they put a party on just for the England team. And we were sat there, and I could smell money. There was money knocking about. So the waiter come over, and he said, would you like a drink? I said, yes, please. Could I have a bottle of 96 Dom Perignon, please? And he just said, yeah. I thought, hang on. Whoa, here we go, here we go. We're in here, lads. And then he brought the Dom Perignon. Me and Steve Armisen, army drinking Dom Perignon. It's like teaching a dog to sing this. He's there, right, and he's drinking Dom Perignon with his finger up. And then we had one bottle, we had two bottles, and I think KP joined us, and then Peter Moores joined us, um, who was the coach. Then Hugh Morris, who ran the ECB at the time, joined us, and we got through a case of Dom Perignon. So I asked for another bottle. It says, sorry, sir, we've only got Moet. So, oh, we're bumming out, I'm going to have to rough it. So they brought, they brought a bottle of Moet, and then it was left. It was me, Harmy, Peter Moores, and Hugh Morris. And we got into like a heated discussion about something, the state of cricket or whatever's going on. And Peter Moores, I, I said something, and Peter Moores said to me, if I had a pound for every time you said that, I'd be a rich man. So I turned around to Pete and said, if I had a pound for every time you put your hand on your rip when you're addressing us, I'd be very rich. <laughs> right? He had this little pause, and yeah. I really liked Pete. And then, what I can relate of it, we went at each other. Not like fighting, but it, it got a bit heated between the two of us. And then Hugh and Army stepped in and went to bed. Woke up the next morning and then you think, oh, I was a bit dusty and we're getting the bus early. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I had, a, I had a row with Pete last night. I thought, I've I've had one coach I can't get on with and now Peter Moores, I really like him. And everyone's getting on the bus and Moorsy was at the front as everyone's getting on the bus. And I was walking towards him and he had the biggest grin on his face <laughs> as I was walking to him. And we didn't even say anything. We just nodded at each yeah. other, shook our heads, and then our relationship was back on track. It was, it was great. You know, on roommates as well, John Hartson, great guy, you know, very good friend of mine. Um, he was quite a big lad. You know, he looked, remember we used, to, we used to have the Kappa shirts and they were really tight and, you know, he was bright red in the face, sweating when he used to play. What a player, what a lad. Mm. But... One great story is that um, one night, so after the night out, I was in bed first. We had two double beds. I'm lying there, and I knew John would be coming in within the next hour, right? And I thought, <laughs> right, just I've got to pretend to be asleep here. It's always about half two. Anyway, in he comes, and he's he's not a quiet lad. He jumps on the bed like lets out a huge sigh. I thought, oh, just I'm just going to pretend to be asleep because if I start talking now, you'll be awake till half, half four or five o'clock. So anyway... I heard him pick up the phone and say, order, order some room service. Half two, in, oh, half two in the morning, right? So anyway, I thought, right, okay, he's going to be quiet. Half an hour later, <laughs> knock on the door. Seriously, in comes the room service. And it wasn't a plate, it was a tray of sandwiches. Oh, go on, right? Tray of sandwiches, four bags of crisps, <laughs> can of Coke. And, you know, when your roommate's there, you're trying to get to sleep. He opened the can of Coke, and <laughs> Getting the, like the honey monster, eating the crisps. And I, and I, I, I turned over. I, by this point, I'd had enough. I turned over and said, 
John, come on, John. He went, Sav, I always have a snack this time of the morning, son. <laughs> like, ah, three in the morning, no wonder he couldn't fit in that whale's top. I've got to say, Fred, when he, when he mentioned room service, you started nodding your head at no, that No, because point. what we used to do, you used to come in, and this would be mid-test match, you don't matter, we'd come in late... And then I'd do a sweep down the corridor. You know, have you never done that when there's a trays out? You just see what people have left. Yeah. <laughs> you used to just dive in and go, someone's had some chips here. <laughs> then go to the next room, have a bite of an half-eaten burger. How far off piste have you gone in order to earn a paycheck? I'm sexy and I know it. Well, one, one of the ones I'd done was um, for an underpants company. Um, <laughs> And that's why I started going to the gym, because... Which, what, to be an underpant model? Well, so How long ago was this? So basically, it was not long after Strictly. So I've done I've done a few things. Not long after Strictly, I've done a... You stood next to a bed with a bird, weren't you? That's right. That's right. Wow. That's right. Um, so basically... That went down well at home. Oh, no, it didn't <laughs> at all. At all. Um, I done, so I'd done that, and I was standing by the bed, and the, the, the lady, the model, was lying on the bed. Um, <laughs> no way. Yeah, in, in a, um, all lovely lingerie. And I had to, like, like pose over her, like, with... <laughs> with my trousers, my shirt undone, the bow tie, like, yeah. sexually drooped around me, and my trousers, like, a bow tie yeah. was sexually drooped yeah. around like, you. Know, you know, you're wearing it, like, but it's undone, basically. Yeah, like, it's an undone bow tie. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just trying to set the scene, Fred. You know? oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, and <laughs> my, my trousers were, like, low enough so you could see the, the branding of the yeah. underpants. You know, and I would have to stare like gazingly into this model's eyes, like. No way. And then there's another one where I was standing up, and she was like ripping my shirt off. Oh. You know, and it was like it was like, and I'd done that for a few quid. It was it wasn't me at all. It wasn't me at all. And what was it like? So this was all lit up. Oh yeah, in a, in a big fashion country, yeah, in a big country house. Well, in a big country house. You get nervous. Oh, massively nervous. What, what, what were you thinking? I was just thinking because, not being funny, not being funny, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not funny, but no, when you're no. there and you're seeing a lady in laundry lying on the bed yeah. and there's cameras everywhere, but I was just thinking, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I was just thinking, relax, I was just thinking of all different kinds of things. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, um, I done a one with Amy Childs. I done a washing machine thing with Amy Childs. <laughs> washing machine? Hey. I've spoke to your missus. You've never even seen a washing machine. You can't. You can't work one. After Strictly, after Strictly, um, because I done okay. It was like. Um, can you promote these washing machines? So I was sitting on the washing machine. <laughs> Robbie Savage is a well-known washing machine man. I was at the Daily Mirror Awards. Lloyd Embley, who's the, who's the editor, sat on his table. Great guy, mm-hmm. friend of mine now. And I was presenting one of the awards. And I remember, so it, I can't remember, it was best regional paper because the Daily Mirror have like the regional papers around yeah. Britain. Yeah. So it was the regional awards and I was presenting the best regional award. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten the stage and it was like, oh, and the winner is... Yeah. So I've opened the envelope and I thought I'll have a bit of fun here. Oh, never do <laughs> oh, that. Mate. No. Never do this that. This is, I swear, yeah. it's so true. I've gone third, third place is blah, blah, blah. Second place is <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then I remember because before the awards, this, this table from Newcastle, I think it was, stood up and everybody was clapping them, clapping them. Everybody thought they were going to win. Yeah. Anyway, I've gone and the winner is, and I've said that table. Yeah. Anyway. They've all cheered. They've all stood up, and as I've gone, <laughs> gone to read the winner, I've and I've got 
I've looked up and I've gone, I was only joking, and the guy was on the stage. Oh, no. He was on the stage. He was on the stage. I've looked at the daily, the, the editor of the Daily Mail, and he's got his head in his hands. <laughs> and I thought, what do I do? It's true. So I've read out the winner to have a laugh and a joke. Warren Beatty, you, aren't you? I've gone, it's not you. Hey, Warren Beatty there. at the Oscars. Oh, mate, he's there. So I've gone, I said, listen, I'm sorry, it's not you. And everybody started booing. Booing oh, you? Booing me, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I'm well, at least you know there. how to react to that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm standing there and I've had to read the original winner out. That never got a cheer then because people were saying about him. And I thought, oh, my, I'm going to lose my job here. I'm going to lose my job. But what I'd done after that, I thought, what can I do to make up for that? I thought, what can I do? I've just, oh, my dear. Just thinking about it now is horrendous. And what I'd done was, out of the goodness of my heart, I thought I've messed up the port. That's not the goodness of your heart, really, is it? You're backtracking. So basically, the goodness of your heart would have been a selfless act. This is not a selfless act. This is you. You're in a bit of trouble. You're worried that your daily miracle was going to come to an end because the editor's got his head in his hands. You've announced the wrong person thinking, I'm going to have a bit of fun, unquote. So, Robbie, don't start giving it that. Just tell us what you did to get yourself out of what can only, only be described as a bit of a pickle. So, basically, what I've done, um, you know, I'm very fortunate to know a few people and have some very good friends, and um, one person happened to have a house abroad. Um, so, what I'd done was I, I gave the guy a quick ring and said, Listen, man, I'm in a massive pickle here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, out of the goodness yeah, of my heart, yeah, did yeah, you give yeah. him? So, basically, I give the, the, the guy um, a, a week's holiday <laughs> abroad in a nice house with flights included like for it. messing up. Flintoff, Savage, and the Ping Pong Guy. So, the, the driver I had for Saturday is Gaz. You know, Gaz, he's, I call him Gaz the driver, great fella. And he, <laughs> what? what? Gaz. Well, how'd you come up with that? <laughs> How'd you come up with them, Rob? Tell you, Rob, this is, this is why. This is what, it's innovating. This is, this is why This is why you get paid the big bucks. Thanks, just, just coming up with little, little pearls like that. Like, who'd have thought it? Gaz, Gaz was a driver. Who'd have thought? How'd you think them up, Robbie? How'd you, how'd you do it? I think anyone listening is thinking to themselves, sport is about fine margins. It's about intense competition and anything you can do to be better prepared than the opposition is going to give you that margin. And yet you guys are talking about a culture that seems like the antithesis of sport. Well, what's your take on it now? You know, do you think that that was a healthy thing? Do you think that's something that ought to be eliminated from professional sport? I think to the extremities that it was when I started playing cricket, you you, you walked in, it was very much a drinking culture. You come off and field in a day's play, the 12th man would do a drinks list. So you'd have six lagers, five bitters. First drink you get off, you get your pint, you have a swig, you see your pint off, you probably have another in the dressing room. Then you go and meet the opposition in the bar, maybe have two or three more. So you get on the bus, have five pints in, meet in the hotel bar for a drink pre-dinner, six pints, have a couple over dinner, seven, eight, one in one night cup, nine, ten pints. Really? That's how it was. And how did it change over the course of your career? By the time you got to the end of your I went career, on to shorts. <laughs> and bottles of red wine. Whiskey. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I tried to be a football fan. And I've got a story which I'm really embarrassed by. You never told the story before? No, but I'm, I'm embarrassed by it. There's a reason, and you'll find out why I've not told this before. I sampled football, right? Remember when England played in the World Cup in Germany? Mm-hmm. 2006. Opening game, I went. I got invited to go by a company I was working for at the time. But it was on the proviso I'd do a live match of the day interview from the ground. The night before, I'd been at a, far- a party 
My mate's Mrs. his 40th birthday party. I've got a taxi picking me up at quarter to six. I get home with Steve Armisen at quarter to five. I've got my times mixed up. The taxi's waiting. Mm. So we've just got straight into the taxi. We're going to pick Neil Ferber up, my agent. We're outside his house. I'm outside the sunroof, <laughs> chanting football songs about England and this and that, waking the old street up. He gets in the car. We get on the plane to Frankfurt. I sleep all the way. This sponsor I'm working with, they've organised the breakfast, beautiful. I said, I don't want this. I don't want this. I'm a football fan today. I want to be with my people. I want to go and drink with the fans. So we go to the ground. We have a few drinks with the fans. We're doing the chanting. We're doing all that. We're getting into it. Don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying myself. We turn up at the ground. We walk in. I do my interview live on the BBC. In my head, this interview is the best interview I've ever done. <laughs> I've summed up the passion, I've summed up the crowd, I've summed up the atmosphere, I've summed up everything which is good about sport. Unfortunately, I was talking Egyptian. Not one <laughs> word I said made sense. They go back into the studio, I found out later that Gary Lineker's just sat there with his eyes wide open. Ian Wright's giggling. They say, oh, Fred enjoys his weekends. But it gets worse, right? I have a running with Graham Paul, yo, mate. Really? Graham Paul oh. starts to tell me about how bad England are at cricket. I'm playing for these lads. So I told him to beep off which he was quite happy with he says now I've been told to F off by so many footballers now a cricketer so I've told him we then we drink all day like all the fans do we do it and then because we're being looked after by this company when we get on the flight we get escorted on we're first on we're, we're important and you're hammered at this point oh yeah right <laughs> so I'm ticking so we're going through and you know when you're on an airport and then you think I've got to go through security but I need a wee but if I go for a wee I'm going to get the back of the queue it's going to waste time so I think I'll do it when I get on the plane so I get escorted on onto the plane. I'm now I'm I'm struggling. I've got my legs. I'm tensing. I'm walking faster. I get onto the plane. I just go. I open the door. I pull my pants down. I fling my head back. I open my eyes. I'm not in the toilet. I'm in the cockpit. <laughs> There's two German pilots. So then. Like all football fans do who've disgraced themselves. The security come on. I get marched off the plane. I've now got to walk past a line of 100 yards of England football fans who now think I'm the Messiah. They think I am the man. This is brilliant. I'm a football fan. I was skulking down, I had my head down as they're chanting my name. Freddie wow. enjoys his weekends. Oh, wow. goodness me. That's... But I, I, I'm not happy with that. It's <laughs> yeah. something which will never, ever happen again. I'm one of the many reasons I stopped drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dressing room pranks. You know, Rob, you was involved in Class of 92. You've played with some characters. What's the best prank you've played on someone or have played on you? There's been lots where when I went to Brighton, somebody um, hid me car, left Jay in my car, wasn't there? Some one of the one of the younger lads was. I, I think it was um, um was it Glen Murray or was it um Foster? Um, well, one of them moved me car, went to get me car, wasn't there? Well, uh, how did they get hold of the key? Well, they went in my bag, oh. went in my bag. Um, I've had all my clothes cut up. Birthday. Went to train in my new clothes. The, 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 um, they were cut to the knees and the arms were cut off. You know. So did that's... you find out who did it? No, you never know. You never know. I've seen, <laughs> I've, I've heard, heard of stories where people poo in people's wash bags. No, yeah, disgusting. Yeah, I've heard of that. Um, disgusting. When um, people are sitting in the toilet in the morning, you'll go and get a, bo a bucket of ice water, throw it over yeah. the top of the toilet, soak up. Classic. Nobody knows who it is. Glenn Chapel. He's now coach of Lancashire. He was captain of Lancashire when he. Best friend, brilliant lad, played what with him. And he's, um, his nickname, for some reason, became the Ginger Pig for a while. So he didn't like it. 
So what we did was, I was at Birkdale, and I'd gone to this barbecue before the open, and there's a hog roast. So we've, we've had the hog roast, and I said to the chef, mate, do me a favour, can I have the head? So he says, oh, I said, mate, please just put it in a bag and leave it. So we, we finished the barbecue. It's about midnight, one o'clock in the morning. I'm getting a taxi back to Altrincham, where I'm living, but I've got the pig and I carry a bag. So I've got the pig's head. I got in a cab. I said to the cabbie on the way home, I says, look, mate, do us a favour. Just swing by Old Trafford Cricket Ground. I just want to nip into the ground. So we've gone. We've stopped. They got in. Gate man's let me in. Gone up to the dressing room. I said, oh, I forgot something in the dressing room. I've gone into Chappie's locker and I put the pig's head in his locker shelf and then put his Lancashire cap on top. Oh. <laughs> they shut the locker and forgot about it. But the worst thing was, the lads had four days off, right? No. Oh. I'd gone off to England, I'd forgot all about it. They've come in, and then this thing has just rotted oh. in his locker. Oh. They've opened the door, there's maggots, there's all sorts. It's just stunk the place out. And Chappie, Chappie wasn't that impressed. <laughs> I had a complex about being that skinny yeah. when I was at school growing up. And to the point, and this is, I know we got off piece a little bit, but I used to wear two pairs of trousers when I used to drive. <laughs> what? You used yeah. to wear two? What do you mean? What, what did that do? Two pairs of trousers? <laughs> Maybe legs look bigger. No, it doesn't. You did not. I swear. And two jumpers. <laughs> I used to go to nightclubs in two pairs of trousers and two jumpers. I, I must have been sweating to make like me look pig. Yeah, it was. But well, I was that had a complex about being skinny, and I was really skinny. So you went to nightclubs in two jumpers. and I used two to trousers. wear two pairs of trousers, like like underneath as I used to call them. So I used to have a underneath. Pair, so I used to have, even had a term for it. So I yeah. So I used to have a pair of tracksuit bottoms and cut them off near the knees. Put them on first over my underpads, then put a pair of jeans on so it make my thighs look bigger. <laughs> Seriously, because I was You're not vain, though, are you? Not vain, because I was I was that worried about being yeah. skinny and people think like how skinny he is. I, was, I, was, I, I used yeah. to wear two pairs of socks if I went nightclubbing. Why? Why? They had no toilet roll in Preston. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Oh, Seriously, <laughs> that's, that's what we all used to do. We used to wear two pairs of socks because in Tokyo Joe's Preston never any toilet roll. <laughs> You've had a bad night if you come back barefooted. I thought that what I wore was pretty normal until I bumped into you two. Robbie has said that I'm one of the worst dressed people he's ever met. I wear jeans, a pair of black shoes, and then this T-shirt. I don't think it's that bad, but Robbie, you think it is a disaster. Well, you do look like you've shot with from Bernardo's. <laughs> <laughs> I guess now it's time for me to give up. I feel it's time. Got a picture of you beside me. Got your lipstick mark still on your coffee cup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got a fist of pure emotion. Got a head of shattered dreams. Gotta leave it. Gotta leave it all behind now. Do, do, do. Whatever I said, what whatever I? I did, I didn't mean it. I just want you back for good. I want, want you back. back. Want you back. Want you back for good. I want you back. Want you back. Want you back. Want you back for good. Oh yeah. I guess now it's time that you came back for good. From all of us, goodbye.
Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy. Thank you for downloading this Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy podcast. Make sure you subscribe to receive the latest episodes automatically to your device every single week. And if you like this, then why not have a look at what else Five Live has to offer at bbc.co.uk forward slash Five Live.